Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates. I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Jason Cannon. Jason, thank you very much for joining me. Absolute pleasure, Simon. Absolute pleasure. Looking forward to our continued conversation. I'm looking forward to it too. Um, obviously, we we're having a conversation the uh, the other day uh, after you'd uh, reached out to me. Um, and I really, really enjoyed our conversation, as you know, because at the end of it, I said, when am I getting you on the podcast? Because I want you to uh, repeat a lot of the stuff you'd said in that conversation so listeners can can benefit uh, from it. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, really appreciative that you've taken time out of your schedule to have this chat. And uh, the first thing I want to start with is literally before we hit record, uh, just to let the listeners into a bit of behind the scenes um, on these recordings. I don't know if I've ever shared this before, um, but for the listeners, I said to Jason, and I normally say this to guests, right. Is there any questions you've got for me? Is there anything off limits? Is there anything I can't ask, anything we can't discuss? Um, and Jay said, no, that's absolutely fine. Um, but question he got for me was, what do I want to get out of the end of this podcast? And I think that just sums up straight away why I wanted Jason uh, to come on this podcast, because it was such a simple yet very, very effective question. And I explained uh for the listeners i want to come away from listening to this podcast getting value but they can go out and implement action straight away to to get more listings so on that note jason you said uh that you've got something um sort of uh pre-prepared to to discuss so could you start on on that with setting up a a, a consultation call that you're talking about yeah i think we you know we've spoken before and a lot's been spoken about applicant registration um it's one of the things, one of the words that I loathe the most, Simon, <laughs> registration. Uh, it reminds me of school. Yeah. You know, we're going to do the register now. Simon Gates, Jason Cannon. Yes, I'm here. Um, I, I prefer to talk about a consultation. And this this works equally well, uh, in my experience, with any any business conversation. So, you know, we were saying earlier about, you know, the guy selling light bulbs or the guy selling houses or you you know, as a, in working in marketing, having a consult, a sort of consultative conversation with somebody, four very simple questions, four might become six, but actually in, in the real estate, estate agency world, asking your client, first and foremost, what do you want? Hmm. Very simplistic. You know, what do you want from this conversation? And uh, what makes you want it? Um, rather than using why, because you know what why uh, is is a bit sort of confrontational so yeah what makes you want it um what time scale do you need to work in or what time scale do you need to work to um and i'm using the word need versus want yeah very specific there and what are the consequences of you not doing it not doing this thing that you want so you're going to ask each of those questions and that's going to help you to discover the person that you're offering that consultation to. So what do you want? I want a three bedroom house. Why do you want it? Well, because I'm in a two bed and I need to get a three bed because, you know, growing family, kids going to secondary school. Okay. Talk to me about that. Yeah. What are the consequences of this not happening? Well, if we, if it doesn't happen, then little Johnny doesn't get into the secondary school. Okay. When does this need to happen? You know, what's the date it needs to happen by? So you, you've asked four questions. You haven't had to say to the, to the other person that you're talking to, 
I do this, I do that, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah. You've made the conversation all about the other person. So in the true sense of a consultation, um, you know, we, we've called it a needs analysis in the past. Yeah. That's perhaps a little, a little bit, you know, poncy or, you know, unnecessary. Um, asking those four questions and making the person aware, look, it's important for me to get to, to find out what's important for you. And can I ask you some questions? And is it okay if I write down your replies to those questions? Now, what you're going to do is, you know, humans have a desire to be understood. Yeah. <laughs> so by asking those questions, you're firmly saying to that person, I want, I want to understand you. I want to understand what you want, why you want it, when you want it, what's the consequence of you not getting it. Um, and that for most home sellers and home buyers is a really simple but powerful way of having a great conversation and you know you and i have done it and i would do it with anybody that i meet not in a social situation because that might be a little bit awkward <laughs> what do you want from this conversation why do you want that or what makes you want that um so i would i would say to agents if you did nothing if you took nothing away nothing else from from this podcast today then think about changing that reframing that registering an applicant this is a one-time opportunity for you to really get to know that person to understand that person and to let them know that you have a desire to understand them and, and then to help them and those four questions and of course you know you all you do you, you, in, in a coaching conversation you're you're finding where their pain is yeah if you can find the pain you know be the doctor the doctor's there to, to find the pain and give you the prescription to give you the medicine if you're the great agent you want to find the pain because the pain is the client's motivation yeah and then what you what you must do every time you then re-engage and have a conversation um simon when we spoke had a great conversation you shared this with me um is that still the case do you still want to get a little johnny into that secondary school because what that does is it brings it it brings to it brings it to the front of their mind um it shows that you were listening to that conversation it makes it relevant they can't keep their head in the sand and they're going to go yeah you, you can see them thinking yeah 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 it's really important we still get you know we get Johnny into that secondary school i'm i'm being very simplistic here um you might have listeners that would say, well, yeah, but my market is different. I've got different, I've got investors mm -hmm. or I've got builders or, you know, in my experience, there's an emotional tie somewhere. There's an emotional conversation to be had. Um, you know, we are emotional people and we buy, we buy and sell for emotional reasons, yeah. don't we? Yeah. So that's my top tip today. Um, and Start start listening more and talking less. Something I haven't just done with you. You've listened. <laughs> you've listened and you've taken some notes. And what I'm going to do then is once I've once I've asked those questions, and I've asked for permission to to write some things down, I'm going to then play that back to them. Yeah. Their last one to three words. So this confirms I've listened. You know. Um, and it confirms that I understand, but it, it reconfirms in their mind. 
that what they've said to me is has the message has been delivered um so you want to move too slow for this reason okay understand that you want to get johnny into the secondary school for this reason you know his education is important to you obviously yeah um and so you're building that all the time at the end of your conversation with with the vendor um you're going to then follow a process to to close them for that business yeah. but they're not going to have forgotten that opening consultation you've had with them does that make sense yeah perfect um i think that we can end the podcast there and i can get back to watching the ashes there you go i said one one bit of one bit of value before we hit record and we've got it there no i think i am um, joking aside i think you know the i love what you said about just removing that that word why um and, and i completely get why you said that so after what you want what makes you want it brilliant and then time scale needed so using need rather than want brilliant uh and then yeah what's the consequences of not doing it because so many people uh it's inaction and i read it a few times but inaction is an action uh, in in itself uh and then what you said about um listen um and uh uh I've, look, we've probably both seen it a lot um but they say you know listen and silent has the same letters in it just a different way around um yeah. and yeah. i was i think something that everyone don't care what they say what everyone is guilty of myself included is the classic listen to reply um but what i really try and do on this podcast is listen to understand of course at the same time there's there's questions going on in your head like oh, i want to i want to ask jason this but i'm kind of like I'd, I'd put a note to 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 the side and then like you said i was writing notes writing notes as, as you're saying and again removing the word registration you said consultation because i was i, I said this in a message to an estate agent today i said on the website it said register with us and yeah. i immediately said to them earlier today i was like just remove the word register um yeah. you know it it could be click here to you know join our vip buyers club or our you know our exclusive discreet you know whatever it is make them feel special because i i think like with right move in in today's day and age you know gone are the days of you know early on in your career where people would walk into an office you'd have a folder and you'd flip through going we've got this we've got this, we've got this. everyone's kind of on right move today and yeah. they go why would i register in inverted commas with an estate agent because i don't need to do that surely everything goes on right move which we both know and the listeners will know that's not true yeah. um i was actually um at a barbecue on saturday with some friends and uh one of them's looking to buy right now and uh and the girlfriend said oh it's not much on right move at the moment and i said to her I said, my best advice to you is go and speak to the local estate agents in that area. Tell them you're living with parents, you're first time buyers, you've got a decent deposit, mortgage agreed, you're ready to rock and roll, you want to buy. Tell them what you want because the moment they go out to appraise something, before it's a week or two down the line when they list it, they can tell you about it in advance or they might have that classic seller who says, uh, oh, Jason, if you ever get anyone who's looking for something like mine, bring them round, but I don't want it on the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it's just interesting that it's probably a generational thing as well, but that first time buyer who is mid to late twenties has initially gone. Well, it's, on, it's going to be on right move, isn't it? Well, no, yeah. it's not. Um, yeah. yeah. Very, very powerful stuff there. Um, hmm. Something I definitely wanted to ask you, and I'm going to move on to, uh, so I do not forget, but 
fees. Yeah. What's what's your like your your top tip or couple of top tips you'd be giving to if I was an estate agent now and I came to you and went, Jason, I'm I'm charging one percent and I really want to get closer to two percent. What what is it you'd be saying to me to to get those fees up? Um, I'd want you to get your I want you to get your value proposition set first. But more importantly than that, I'd talk about um your you know how your how your head answers that question how your brain first answers that question um you know do you do you believe you're worth more than one percent do you believe customers choose you based on the fee or do they choose you based on the service and the the you know the puv the puv the perceived user value yeah we we know that customers don't choose agents on first of all on fee they choose agents first of all on trust yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, what we do is we break one of the four rules of life, which is don't make assumptions. So as an agent, we make an assumption that the vendor wants to only pay 1%. And then we, you know, because we believe that to be true, we make it true. Yeah. yeah. Because you believed you were going to miss that part or it was going to be a three putter. Guess what? It was a three putter. Yeah. Um. Now, back in the day when I had my own estate agency, um, when we would take a new person and we train them up to be a lister, uh, you know, in those days it was very simple. You know, you you train them for about a week and you sent them off. Huh, yeah. and, um, wouldn't do that nowadays. Um, and of course they would say, "Well, what do we charge?" And and I would say, "Well, we charge two percent plus VAT." They'd leave the office. Guess what? They'd come back and they would have got two percent plus VAT. And then the other negs in the office would say, Simon, how did you manage to get 2%? Well, that's what we charge, isn't it? Um, well, I don't get 2%. How did you get 2%? Well, because I believe that's what we charge. I believe that's what we're worth. So I asked for it. So we've got to get our head right first. We've got to really believe that what we do is we offer the client an experience, um, not just the service. And we've got to be able to demonstrate that, um, which when, of course, when you first start out in business, you're you're worried about a couple of things, namely money, money, lack of it and listings. Yeah. So you're just pleased that you've got a listing and the opportunity to list it at one percent. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going and doing that. What I'm saying is what you would do, what you would do is if I was you and I, I was coaching you, I'd say, well, is that a limited offer? Is that a lifetime offer? Is that 1% for your first five clients? And then saying to those five clients, my fee is 2%. I'm worth 2% or whatever the fee is, you decide it's your business. And on this occasion, because I'm, I'm, you know, this is a new business for me, I'm the new boy in town. I'm going to discount that fee to 1.5% or I'm going to dis discount it to 1%. But I need something in return for that reduction in fee. So what, what can you give me back? What can we negotiate around? Um, could we agree that the fee is 1%, but if I get you X over, over this price, that we then split the difference with each other? Vendors like that. They really like that. I've used yeah. that a lot myself. Um, well, I can put you in touch with my neighbor and my friend and my son. And Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. 
I can make an introduction to this person for you. Great. Okay. Um, who else can you refer and recommend me to? Would you, would you be happy to refer and recommend my my service? Would you do me a five star Google review? Yeah. So don't just give it away. Get something in return. Sellers like that. Sellers like to negotiate with that. Um, but you know, I can I can give you all the tools so that you can have the conversation. Um, you know, and I said this the other day to somebody. Um, you know, agents don't wake up in the morning and and the first thing they think is, I want to be the cheapest agent in town. <laughs> that no one does that. Surely they wake up and they say, I want to be the best agent in town. If I'm talking to you as my customer, I'm going to say to you, you say to me, what, what's your fee? I'm going to say to you, that's a great question. I'll answer that question, Simon. But what's most important for you? Is it to get the agent with the cheapest fee or is it to pick the best agent? Yeah. Uh, hopefully you're going to say the best agent. Now, what makes the best agent? In your in your view as the vendor, what makes the best agent? Some vendors will say, "Well, I don't know what you mean." Um, some will say, "Well, the one who gets me the best price." Yeah. Um, and if they don't give me anything, I will say, "Most people tell me, Simon, use their name." Yeah. Most people tell me, Simon, that they they want to choose the agent that's that's going to get them the best price, and is going to negotiate the hardest with the, with their with the customer so they know the customer really wants that property and they're going to they're going to get the deal through in x number of weeks you know a lot of vendors like statistics don't they you can sit down with the vendor and say do you know what the average fall through rate is in the uk no okay can i share that with you yes it's 37% can i can i share with you what my fall through rate is it's 5% so 95% of my deals go through. Yeah. Wow, that's quite impressive. Can I now share with you what my percentage of asking price is? 101%. Um, who was talking about that? One of the, one of the Bulldog brothers this morning uh, was talking about that. Um, you know, that's to, to a lot of sellers, that's quite an impressive statistic, isn't it? So you're not shying away from being able to articulate your fee and why you charge that, but you're trying to get the vendor to understand that the best agent isn't the agent that charges the least amount of money. You know, what yep. criteria are you going to use to choose your agent, Simon? Yeah, great question. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to work on it in that way. So you have to change that thought process. The, 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 the business owner, the negotiator, the lister has got to change that thought process yeah it's um, con conditioned aren't they like I, I i definitely when you were saying it was thinking conditioned and when you said about uh someone goes out and gets two percent plus vat so you told them that's what you charge and they come back to your office and everyone in the office is going how oh, bloody hell are they doing that um well that's what you told them what you charge it's the same as having that house on the market but no one in the office can sell because you all think it's stinks of animals or it's body road or whatever someone comes out office new to the area and they go and sell it because they've not got that preconceived viewpoint on that property yeah we we have an we we have a bias we have a bias yeah. to certain things it's unconscious yeah so yeah you know look look up unconscious bias and understand what unconscious bias is 
we we all have biases to certain things yeah and most agents have a bias towards i'm not worth that fee um you know an agent said to me last week well i get this and i think that's a fair fee okay um so based on your results and based on the results of the agent that's nearest you in terms of competition and your success rate what's your success rate compared to them yeah didn't know the answer to that you know so you know you've got to know your numbers you've got to know what what your success rate is like from listing to completion you've got to know what your um sale price is from mark from marketing price to yep. completion price yeah and i would say you know the great agent wants to have 98 percent plus and that's a fantastic statistic even if you've sold one or two properties that's that's going to impress a vendor a lot more than you saying oh look at my shiny brochure yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um the, the very best or one of the very best agents that I was fortunate to work with many, many years ago, he was a Kiwi guy. Um, uh, and he was, he would do a listing in about 15 minutes because what he would do, he would sit down with a vendor and he would say to the vendor, right, Simon, what, what do you want from your agent? Well, I want this. Okay. You want that? What else do you want from your agent? Well, I want this. Okay. You want that? Okay. And he'd do a list. And he'd, yeah. he'd ask, he'd ask those questions. What do you want from your agent? Yeah. And then he'd say, let's have a look around the house. He would typically find one thing in that house that no other agent had <laughs> said. He would spot a feature. He'd always start the conversation with the vendor by saying, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, what was it about this house that attracted you to buy this particular one? Yeah, great question. And the vendor would say, well, I like the street, south-facing garden, whatever it was. He, it, the, the vend So you, you would... You'd give that back to the vendor and say, yeah, great choice. I can understand why you bought it. Um, give me one thing that you perhaps use to negotiate the price down when you bought it. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Because then I can plan how we work against that. And he would just build a really simple agenda with the vendor. Yeah. So after he's done the tour, he'd just sit the vendor back down. And, and here's, a, here's another tip. Don't sit opposite somebody. When you have that conversation, when you have a conversation, when you're going to close a vendor, don't sit opposite them because you're then opposing them. Yeah. Uh, if you and I are going to have an argument, I'm going to sit opposite you. If I'm going to, in a collaborative sense, if I'm going to then close that conversation, I'm going to sit next to you. Yeah, great. Yeah. And because I'm left handed and, I, and obviously I write that way, I'm going to get you, I'm going to sit you on my right because I'm not going to use my body as a shield. Body language is a bit dodgy there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm right-handed, I'm going to sit you to my left. I'm going to then, you know, I'm going to then go through that agenda that we set. Those things you said were important to you. You wanted this, 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 and this. And I'm going to say, you, you asked for this, Simon. We've done that. We, we can do that. You asked for this. We can do that. You've asked for that. We can do that. Yep. Okay. Um. All, all you know, all I need now to do is book my photographer in. Um. Tuesday at three, Wednesday at four, what suits best? Listing done. Yeah. Um, and so he he took he took the complexity out of listing a house. He made it very, you know, and I, I know that sounds simplistic and a lot of agents will say, well, it doesn't work that way. You know, the other agents are too good and blah, blah, blah. If you've, if you've set yourself up for success and, you know, the reality is that vendor has already decided 
before you go round whether or not they're going to they're going to choose you. Yeah. Yeah. They've already decided. They've already decided. So unless you turn up with a fag in your mouth and stinking of beer, yeah, and bur burping in their face, they're they're going to use you. Yeah. Don't kick the cat. Don't abuse their partner. Yeah. You, you've got the listing. Yeah. You win the listing because you have a great a great pre-call conversation with the vendor. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That would be my experience. That would be my tip. You know. So. Have have a have a great pre-call process that you follow. You follow every time. What does that look like? Um, does it look, look like a you've asked the right questions of, of the vendor or the seller? Because you have a choice. Um, you know, maybe that you choose not to work with that seller, and you've got to say that to that seller. Okay. Did you and I talk about that the other day? I can't remember now. You know, it, it, so yeah. So there's a bit of reverse psychology. If you said to the vendor, look, I'm fortunate I can choose to who I work with. It's my business. So it may be that we choose not to work together. It may be that I don't I choose not to take your property on the market. Yeah. Now you know the reasons why that might be the case. It might be that the vendor's not that mo you know, in your eyes, the vendor's not that motivated. Yeah. You've uncovered the fact that it's it's a want and not a need. Yeah. You only work with, you know, I work with 10 sellers at once. I've got nine, Simon. So would you like to be my final listing? Because once I've got 10, I don't take any more until one of those 10 or two of those 10 are sold. You're, you're creating an, a nice environment, aren't you? You're creating some yeah. some some FOMO as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You might not agree with that. It might not be a. It might not be something that you do in your business, um, but actually, you know, you're far more likely to be able to serve those customers if you've got a smaller number of them. Yeah, it's not a sausage factory, or at least, you know, that would be my perception of the best agents is they work with a small group of people, don't they? And if you're working with a with a smaller group of people, it allows you to charge higher fees rather than being the. The volume business, absolutely. Now I think there's loads of gold. Um, you you've you've said there. I was frantically writing notes. Some one of the things you were saying, uh, and shock Simon got really excited about like the numbers kind of thing. And you said that agent didn't know their numbers. Um, and I was looking up on on my other screen. So rough figures. Uh, in my last year in agency, what I, what I'd kind of broken down was what's the average value in my area, what percentage of asking price was I getting, what were all my competition getting. Then it was what roughly was I charging? What were the competition charging? So yeah. working out obviously what's left in the back pocket at the end. Now, uh, the average seller um, going with me was seven and a half thousand pounds better off, which was the equivalent of two point three one percent. So they're two point three one percent better off going with me. So it'd be like, well, Jason, appreciate you said the the other agent's going to do it for less, but I could charge you two percent more than what I'm doing. Yeah. And you'd still come out better off. Yeah. So I, I think you're absolutely spot on in saying knowing your numbers there. It definitely helped me um, get yeah. my fees um, better. They still had a lot of work to do. Maybe that's why I stopped being an estate agent and, uh, <laughs> and being on the other side of it now. Um, but the last bit I just want to um, quickly run through of you. Um, again, it came up in my head when, when you were saying what you were saying. 
uh, and then sort of round off the chat on on fees um, before we go into the final part of the podcast. So let's say you're the agent that uh, gets best percentage of asking price. Um, you're the agent that uh, gets the uh, charges the highest fee, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, you are coming to visit my house, Jason, and let's just use some like UK averages. So let's say uh, another agent has said, three two five and one percent and they're the classic who's like overvaluing it and you're they're saying it's 300 and you're two percent and i'm like jason you're telling me how you're going to get me more money in my back pocket but the other guy or 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 lady they've told me they're going to get me 25 grand more and they're going to charge me half the price how how would you advise agents to combat that okay I'd, i'd always start with talking about two things Uh, And I'd say that an agent, the best agent has got two jobs. In simple terms, they've got two jobs. Number one is to create competition better than any other agent. Fill a room with people, with buyers. And the second part of that is choosing an agent that negotiates with their money better than the next agent. And an agent that can't negotiate with their own money is the agent how good are they going to be at negotiating with your money as the seller? So I'm going to demonstrate that with some facts. And it may, it may be that actually 325 is is a price that you might get. But my strategy is going to be different, potentially. Um, my strategy is going to be very much create the competition to give the vendor choice of buyers more than one offer buyers competing against each other and that that gives the seller control over their property this is this is the issue with most transactions in the uk is that there was one offer and there's one buyer yeah that means that the chance of that sale going through is is limited because that one buyer doesn't really feel like they had to fight for that property yeah so by having two or three open houses you know, much like an auction situation, you know, if you've ever been to an auction, the auctioneer's job is simple. Create competition, fill the room up with buyers. You know, buyers don't walk around with a badge on that says, I've got 300 to spend, I've got 350 to spend, I've got 290. They all walk around as if they're going to buy the house, don't they? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So my job is to get as many people there as possible so that I get competing offers. So even if I start the, the price that offers in excess of 300, I'm still going to get the people turning up that want to think they're going to get it for 275, but equally I'm going to get those turning up that might want to spend 350. Then we really then we have tested the market. Now you might disagree with that, but the reality is that's that should be your number one job as the agent. Anyone can list a house and put it on right move. Yeah. That's not difficult. Yeah. My 20-year-old daughter who's knows very little about property could do that i could teach her to hold a sonic and measure a house and take a photograph and and upload to right move that doesn't require the best estate agent to do that does it yeah Yeah. so put you know putting pressure on yourself and saying i'm going to knock on the neighbor's doors i'm going to say this one's coming to the market i'm going to leaflet drop the road i'm going to talk to people up at the school and say this this house is in the catchment area who do you know that might be interested in coming along to my open houses yeah and i'm going to drive the price up and there's a lot of really good data out there that says 
you could drive the price up between five and 20% over that asking or over that offers in excess of. You might say, well, that's not the market at the minute. You know, we're in a, we're in a slightly different market. It's a shifting market. Well, in my experience, when there's a shift in the market, the busiest people are the auctioneers. Huh. Yeah. So who who operates the right system and who operates the wrong system? Yeah. Um, what was it? Daniel Steer says you can't undersell a still under undersell a stale donut. Huh. You know, uh, it was him that said that. I'm sure. Um, one of Stephen Brown's uh, Aussie agents, great guy. Um, so. You know that's your, that's your job. Simple, create the competition, and then be able to negotiate better than anybody else. We can have a separate discussion about negotiation when negotiation starts and how to negotiate. Um, because again, I think there are very few agents that understand how to negotiate with buyers. Um, so you know, I'll teach you that someday. Okay. Cool. Well, that that that's leading yourself into uh, part two uh, <laughs> to come on another time. Um, so uh, no, it's really fascinating what you said that, and I love about the the driving the price up. You know, are, are you? Uh, uh, I, I think Tom Panos says, you know, is the agent a house price minimizer or a house price maximizer? So really, are you employing an agent who's going to drive your price down, death by a thousand cuts, or someone who's going to create competition? emotional connection to that and drive price up absolutely love yeah. that yeah and of course you, you know real world here simon you need some examples so you know i say to agents uh this is a bit old school you know get a scrapbook take the scrap don't take a shiny brochure with you to a listing appointment to a listing consultation appointment see what i did there uh you know take your scrapbook with you which has got Details of properties listed at this price, sold and completed at that price. Yeah. Vendor, this is what the vendor said. Here's a card from the vendor telling the story about how they moved from X to Y and what using our business did for them. Yeah. yeah? Make it make it real. Um, you know, you 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 sell based on as a business on the stories that you can tell about the people that you've moved. Yeah. Not about, you know, as Watkins says, not your pie chart. No one gives yeah. a stuff about your pie chart. Yeah. Um, so start telling stories about, can I share with you a story about uh, Simon? Simon Gates is a colleague, he's, you know, he's a contact of mine and he was struggling to sell his house on the market with this agent, um, blah, blah, blah. And tell, tell stories about how you've helped people. And here's what they said about me. They've even done a WhatsApp video that I can share with you. Um, and, you know, I've, I've come to this point and I've got five people that I can WhatsApp now that have said without me giving them the address that they'd come and see your house. So that's what I do above and beyond. So when it comes to negotiating the price and getting the highest price, um, that's why I'm worth the fee that I charge. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what makes me your number one choice, Mr. Vendor. Yeah. Am I your number one choice? by the best person to get you moved yeah yeah brilliant um, brilliant language so, yeah um what else would you like to ask me simon so i've got a couple couple of um final final bits to to run through um so considering that you've you've been involved in this industry for 40 years 
yeah, I like to say more than four decades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like I like your style there. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, if I was to do that, mine yeah, mine's three decades. That sounds really good. When actually it does. Um, when you're only when you only look about you look about twelve. I do look about twelve. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So uh, forty years. So you've experienced and look, this is gonna be an impossible question to ask, but just curious to to get your your thoughts on it. So you've experienced that late 80s early 90s market you've experienced the 0809 market yeah. um anyone listening to this podcast will know i have my viewpoint on what the media continue to keep saying about this market um yeah. and comparing it to the late 80s early 90s 0809 what and what are you seeing from the agents you speak to the experience you've had of those two other markets what are you seeing as we sit here halfway through 2023 I think overwhelmingly so. I mean, I think people now are a lot more resilient. I mm. think, you know, a lot of that's down to COVID. I think, you know, we realised that we were going into something that was unknown. Uh, there was a lot of fear. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we survived. The property market thrived during that time. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think, you know, the market is a lot more resilient than people give it credit for. I think there's there's one group of people that are, talking the market down um for their own for their own reasons sensationalism you know sells newspapers blah yeah. blah blah um and i think you know as agents don't worry about things you can't control you know there's always going to be people that have to move there's always going to be investors that want to buy yeah. um and actually you know there's a lot of people that will thrive in a challenging market that will thrive in a shifting market yeah. even more than those that are complacent when it's a great market, when it's a busier market. So, yeah. you know, uh, the, the cream will always rise to the top. Mm -hmm. um, and overwhelmingly, I think, you know, one of my things is, and I've talked about this a lot in the past, is a desire to raise standards for our customers, for our clients, because I think the service we've had in the past has been particularly poor. Mm. I don't think we live up to the the experience that they get in different parts of the world. Yeah. I would say that is changing, most definitely. There, there's some very, very good independent agents out there. There's some very, very good corporate agents out there that have a desire to help people to get them moved, to do it in a stress-free way. I think... Uh, education is key educating the public that they have better options yeah the agents are not all the same because that is the perception yeah um they do have real choices and i think our, our role within the industry is to educate sellers that they do have choices do have options there are some bloody good agents out there um you know some of them are my age some of them are your age and you know um they're the ones that have got that sort of growth mindset. You know, you were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, the people that you meet, that you surround yourself with are the people that want to master what they do. They learn something every day. Um, that's always been that's always been my thing. I love learning things, sharing things, helping other people. Um, the product of that is hopefully that I can inspire and educate and entertain exactly. people along the way. Yeah. Um, so we, we've moved an awful long way in the last 40 years um i think the market is underpinned by 
uh, a population boom and a resilience. So I think we'll be okay. Interesting viewpoint. Thank you. Uh, right. Last question. Um, I think this gets us on on ninety nine percent of uh, of my podcast. So we're going to take you to lovely sunny Newport Pagnell. No one's ever heard of you there, Jason. Um, yep. And you are setting off an estate agent tomorrow. It could be self employed. Yep. It could be high street independent. Um, like whatever model doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, what What is the first thing? Like you said earlier about agents needing listings like straight away yeah yeah you're coming to newport pagnell tomorrow to set up what's what's the first thing you're doing from scratch yeah. to get listings really simple but not easy okay i'm gonna be i'm gonna be the tourist information board for newport pagnell mm. i'm gonna put myself all over social media in newport pagnell and i'm gonna talk about the reasons why people love buying and living in Newport Pagnell. Um, and, you know, Chris Watkin talks about this incessantly. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm going to do, I'm going to do the, the three or four local schools. I'm going to do the local places of interest, the sports clubs, the rugby, the football, the cricket, the tennis. Um, I'm going to talk about the WI. I'm going to talk about any, any local attractions. What's great about Newport Pagnell. I'm going to interview people in the street. I'm going to interview people out in their houses and a knock on doors. Uh, you've got a board outside. You've got a lovely house. What's great about Newport Pagnell? Why are you moving? People like talking, don't they? Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a series of videos, and then I'm going to put those onto. I'm going to put those out on social media. I'm going to start, you know, a blog about Newport Pagnell. I'm going to start a Facebook page about Newport Pagnell. I'm going to group. I'm going to join Facebook groups in Newport Pagnell. The vocal ones, the ones that post a lot have a lot of content and comments and i'm going to look to attract the buyers because the buyers then have properties to sell and i'm going to use the buyers to find me sellers so i'm going to do a video post and i'm going to say struggling to find a newport pagnell here's what's great about it send me your details and i'll send you a an email list i'll send you a youtube link whatever about you know why newport pagnell is great you probably already know that catchment areas places to buy places to perhaps avoid a little bit maybe at certain times of the day um that's going to find me 10 12 buyers because they're frustrated they either don't have time to find or they, they can't find what they want yeah and i'm going to then use those people to find me listings either with direct mail with door knocking you know i'm a big fan of door knocking and i know not everyone is um but I would certainly do the free, I would do the free stuff first. I would do the cheap stuff first. Um, might consider hiring a couple of social media people, maybe talking to a guy called Simon Gates, I know, see what he can what he would recommend. Um, but I'd I'd be I'd become the local news for Newport Pagnell. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we have this desire to for instant gratification, don't we? We think we can go and get a listing day one, day two, it takes time. Yeah. Um, you've got to, unfortunately, you've got to do the boring stuff again yeah. and again and again. But if you're doing what you love and you enjoy helping people and you enjoy having a conversation, I mean, Dan Firth talked about it, didn't he? He talked about his connections and talking to people. Yeah. It's, you know, simple, isn't it? I'm, I'm bigging him up now. I shouldn't be bigging him up. He's not half the man I am. 
I'll tag him in. I'll tag him in this. Uh, when it's <laughs> um, but no, I... so you know, that's that's how I would do that. It's easy. It's not simple. Or it's simple is not easy. No, it's simple yeah. is not easy. Yeah, hard to um, say. <laughs> yeah. Um, somebody once said it's uh, it's a it's a recipe, not a menu. In other words, you can't choose. You've got you know because if you don't put all the bits of recipe in there, all the ingredients, you don't do it in that order. Yeah, you're gonna end, you're gonna end up with a not very nice cake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. you've got to think process. You've got to know. You've got to think process, and you've got to think numbers. Know your numbers. Understand your processes, um, and surround yourself with like-minded people. Surround yourself with people that can help you influence you. You know, when you're feeling down. When you need someone, you know, I, I put that on your post earlier, you know, drains and radiators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend time with the people that drain you. Don't spend time with radiators, that, with with um, with drainers. Spend time with radiators, yeah. um, people that radiate positivity. And then when you when you have a SHIT day, which you will have, uh, who do you call? It's okay, I can phone Simon because Simon will be, you know, will, will make me feel better. Simon, give me something positive. Um, that's why you choose to work with a coach, isn't it? Because that coach will be that accountability. The coach will give you that, um, you know, positivity and will, you know, tell me something good that happened to you today. Then you've given me something bad that's happened yeah. to you today. Give me something good. And have you still, whilst that sale's fallen through, have you still got an opportunity to sell that house? Yes. Great. Well, stop feeling sorry for yourself and get on with it. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. There's, there's, there's so much to to take away from that. Um, I think you've, you've answered it. Uh, brilliant. Um, I think the 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 sort of three key things for me. Uh, I like what you said about tourist information. Sort of bored, hundred percent with that. You've got to do the boring things and doing consistently, hundred percent. Uh, and then uh, yeah, dealing with buyers. Um, because the buyers will help you find sellers. Like, uh, some some solid solid advice there. So. Um, yeah, just want to end the the podcast, Jason, by saying a massive, massive thank you um, on on behalf of myself and all listeners, um, and for everyone listening. Please do reach out to Jason um, if you've got any questions for him, anything you want to follow up on, um, or if there's any feedback you'd like to give him. Um, as I've said before, love getting feedback uh, from the episodes that are released. Make sure you subscribe him, uh, leave him reviews, following, sharing. Want to keep spreading this uh, across the industry and make sure that there's plenty of listeners. Uh, taking action from it and getting results so yeah jason again thank you very much for being an amazing guest appreciate it oh no thank you so much simon for inviting me really enjoyed our time thank you